when the penis owner just relinquishes all control and just allows you to have full control on top. Feels like I'm reversing the patriarchy. Welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a sex, love, and relationship podcast where our focus is on your most important relationship, the one with yourself. Each episode, we are joined by an insightful guest who shares their story about how they've become their best, most radiant selves, despite diverse challenges. We dive into the depths of loving yourself, creating healthy relationships, and prioritizing pleasure, play, and joy, all while never shying away from the tough stuff. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome. Welcome to this very special episode all about women's pleasure. I sent out a call to my community and to the lovely, beautiful, powerful women in my life to answer two questions for me. The first is, what brings you pleasure? And the second is, what do you wish that men and or penis owners knew about women's pleasure? However, As it turns out, this episode is so rich and so plentiful that it's going to be split in two. And so this episode will be dedicated to answering question number one, what brings you pleasure? And exploring and discussing the answers given to us from the women in my community. So I found the most beautiful thing about asking these questions was the response that I got even before I got the response to the questions, you know, the thoughts of, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about this before. And so I urge you while you're listening to these responses to really think of your own. And it doesn't matter what gender you are. I encourage you to think about what your answer, of what brings me pleasure and even write it down. Really think about this. And the second is what do you wish that your lovers knew about women's pleasure? or your pleasure, I should say. I wanna take a moment to really celebrate everybody who sent me a response and really celebrate everybody who considered sending me a response and decided and realized that it wasn't for them. It is brave and so deeply vulnerable to send in your voice and this deep, intimate part of yourself to this podcast. So I really want you to celebrate each voice that you hear and we're all gonna go fuck yes thank you you are incredibly brave and incredibly special and your pleasure is valued and important i want to make a quick note about the gender binary here as well i know in this podcast we're going to be referring a lot to men and women and i know that that is just a simplified version and i want to express that However your gender expression is, you are welcome here. You are so, so welcome and we see you and we hear you. And so women means people with pussies and people who present as women. And men is people with penises and people who present as men. But wherever you fall on the spectrum, you are welcome, you are seen. But for the purposes of this podcast, we are going to simplify those terms to men and women. And before we start, I want to take a moment to talk about women's pleasure, the history of it, the reason that it is so deeply important and a huge milestone. Tell her about it, bring it into a conversation, having a conversation about what brings you pleasure before you have sex. These are radical things that weren't present before because for centuries, and I am not over-exaggerating here, women's pleasure has been repressed. Women and those who present as women in society. We were, it wasn't even that it was deemed unimportant. It was actually considered something that didn't exist. Sex was something that was done to us. And it wasn't something that we had an equal participation in. And that is something we still carry. So many of us women carry the imprint of what society and media has told us. You know, you have to look this way, you have to sound this way, you have to move this way, and otherwise, you don't fit the mold. You won't be accepted, you won't be loved. You won't be worthy. 
And so this celebration of pleasure is looking at really the fact that it is so different for all of us. It's beautiful to see all the commonalities and where we really are all talking the same language and all desire very similar things. And also so beautiful to look at how we're all radically different and that there is no one answer for any of us. And that honestly, if you wanna know, if you care about what a person likes, you've gotta ask. You can make assumptions, you can look at the way they're responding and the noises and the sounds and the movements that they're making, but ultimately, if you wanna know, you gotta ask. And so the reason that we focus on women's pleasure and not all pleasure, even though all pleasure is so important, is that repression, is that message that we've been told and the fact that, oh my gosh, there's some wild stories. In recently, in reading the book Sex at Dawn, which is all about prehistoric mating and taking all of the little clues that we've gotten about prehistory and use them to make assumptions about human sexuality. It talks about how women experienced hysteria, which was considered a real mental illness up until very recently. And hysteria means ungovernable emotional excess. So basically it was when typically women and those who presented as women had a lot of emotions and they considered this to be a bad thing and they would send you to the doctor. And apparently one of the cures that came out of this was basically that the doctor would help the woman masturbate. Nobody seemed to, none of these doctors admitted that that's what they were doing. But they would be like, oh, yes, my patient experienced release here. And then, oh, a couple weeks later, they actually had to come back. And it was at a time where masturbating was actually illegal. So it's gone that far, right? And it's been that recent within the past hundred years. And so the fact that we can talk about this, the fact that it's so celebrated and open, and of course we have so much further to go, but it's here. We can do this. And so I really am so, so deeply honored to produce a podcast like this that celebrates women's pleasure. And also we get to talk about where we can improve some constructive criticism and really use this as a guide book forward. However, as it turns out, this episode is so rich and so plentiful that it's going to be split in two. And so this episode will be dedicated to answering question number one, what brings you pleasure? And exploring and discussing the answers given to us from the women in my community. And so once again, wherever you are in your pleasure journey, I invite you, while the first question is being answered, to think about your own pleasure. What brings you pleasure? And while we go through the second question, I invite you to think, what do I wish my lover knew about my pleasure? And even more than that, I invite you to voice those things out loud, to tell the next person that you're intimate with, what brings you pleasure, and what you want them to know. And for those wanting to deepen their pleasure, explore their sexual energy, empower their sensual selves, open up their hearts, and learn to better manage their emotions and the fluidity of their emotions, I am hosting a series of four workshops in this winter, so between February and March of 2024 in the local area of Vancouver, please reach out to me directly or using the link in the podcast description if you're interested. It is going to be transformational and so, so beautiful. And so without further ado, I'd like to start with answering the question myself. What brings me pleasure? First of all, being seen and heard, being understood, being listened to truly and deeply and compassionately. It makes me feel safe and it unlocks my ability to feel so much deeper. And that brings me so much pleasure. It also brings me pleasure knowing that my boundaries are respected. Consent is a huge part of this for me and it's wildly important. You know, just because you kiss me doesn't mean you can touch my breasts. That's an extra layer of consent. And this brings me to a sense of safety, knowing that I will be an active participant in the decisions we make. Sex is a conversation. We both are equal participants. It doesn't end just because a certain event happens. And it's not just about you or just about me. Although sometimes it is. Sometimes a session is 
just for one person, and that is totally okay. Safety is so deeply important, especially for so many of us women and female presenting beings. Soft touches are also really beautiful. The feeling of fingernails on my skin or air touch, people who play with my hair in just the right way, it sends shivers down my spine. Also when people speak their truth straight from their heart, not just compliments, but something that I know comes from deep within, vulnerable truths, and whispering those things in my ear. A really good sex playlist also brings me a lot of pleasure. Music really helps me get out of my head and into my body. Oh, and really, really good head. Like, oh, yep. And like deep connected penetration, some eye contact maybe at first entry, absolutely being touched roughly and controlled by the other's touch. Oh, and sitting on a chair like it's my throne while my partner is on their knees and their face is between my legs. Whew, that does it for me. And so let us begin with our very first brave soul who's going to tell us what brings them pleasure. What brings you pleasure. So what brings me pleasure? Um, and I kind of thought about this from two different points of view. One was with, um, my partner or partners. Um, and that is, and I was funny. Somebody asked me the other day, what is my biggest turn on? And I answered my knee jerk was enthusiasm. And I think that stands. I think that when somebody enthusiastically, uh, is with me sexually, that is amazing. And enthusiasm makes up for a lot of la where lack of skill <laughs> might come into play. Um, yeah, they don't have to be the best pussy eater in the world, but my God, if they're going at it with enthusiasm, that makes up for it. Or even the best kisser or, you know, yeah, the best fucker. Any of those things can be made up for when they are just so into the moment and into being there with me. So as far as what brings me pleasure, totally enthusiasm. And then I kind of thought about it because you had kind of posed the question in the group chat about, you know, what things physically, um, turn me on. Um, and you know, what do you do when you're self pleasuring and that sort of thing. And for me, I find diving into my mind and taking myself to, you know, fantasy land of, you know, different people, places, scenarios, things that are completely maybe not even pot, well, not even possible in, <laughs> in the real world. Uh, uh, I have a deep love of fictional characters. So those kinds of things pop up. Um, also, uh, crazy scenes where, you know, hybrid humans and knots on dicks and so much so that I even went out and bought myself a knotted dildo. <laughs> so, um, a rich fantasy life brings me immense pleasure. And then being able to have the time and the space, uh, to enjoy romance myself, you know, to completely sink into a fantasy world. Um, and then, you know, obviously touch myself and make the, the orgasm happen. But often it's, I'm so wrapped up in the thoughts of it. I can, uh, be really wet and, you know, turned on and all of that good stuff before I even touch my pussy. So that's kind of where my pleasure is. I'm really excited to hear what other people have to say. Hell yes! Celebrating your pleasure! Absolutely, enthusiasm is so sexy. Knowing somebody else wants to be exactly there with you and is just as into it as you are, whew, that cannot be underestimated. Stating it and being really clear about that, also super sexy. And also, fuck yes to diving into the fantasies in your mind and living in that rich fantasy. I mean, I know some of us have vivid imaginations, myself included. So, like, honestly, it can be so much better than porn to just dive into exactly what's in your mind. Celebrating you, thanking you, you beautiful soul. Thank you for your response. And let's hear the next one. 
What brings me pleasure? I would say it's genuine connection with the person that I'm sexually communicating with, not just on a physical level, but also on an emotional level where I feel like the person that I'm in an intimate scenario with is making an effort to really see me in that moment, to really understand how I'm communicating to them, what it is that I need, what it is that I want, how I want to express myself with them. And, you know, you feel like there's a, a, a place to land um, with those things. That person is able to receive them and that can manifest itself in a bunch of ways, physically and emotionally. But and it isn't necessarily dependent on how well I know the person, but it's more how I feel emotionally held in that in that moment by that person um, and there isn't any avoidance or disengagement or you know I'm here I'm communicating with you but I'm I'm mentally somewhere else I think whenever I'm in that kind of there's that kind of factor that can decrease my sexual enjoyment massively so I would say genuine connection authentic connection that allows for there to be real vulnerability between the person that I'm communicating with in an intimate way that is a surefire way for me to prioritize my own pleasure yes thank you so much genuine genuine connection on a physical and emotional level and feeling that the other person is present with you like really truly present is super super powerful and if you're wondering how do i create that genuine connection one way is to establish an intention for your intimacy. I think a lot of us go into it very blindly thinking like, oh yeah, we're just going to have sex. And then this is how, you know, the sex can start to, especially with the same person, it can start to feel a little more monotone, right? Um, I don't know how many of you have experienced this, but I sure have a feeling like, okay, but I, I kind of feel like I know how this is going to go because it goes this way every time. And so instead really like getting curious about what the other person wants right now, right? In this present moment. And so setting maybe an intention for each of you of something that you want to experience together or what you want to feel. And then it can be really, really powerful to do some breath work together. It can be really, really short, under five minutes, but that can really set you into the present moment. And so it can be a simple, open, connected breath. So breathing in and out through the mouth can really get you out of your head and into your body. Really connect with your sensations and feel super, super present. If ever you find yourself getting super in your head and disconnecting and kind of getting out of this moment, super, super helpful to take some deep breaths and focus on how your body feels, right? Do you feel a tingling in your left arm or like, how does it feel in the folds of your pussy right now? How does it feel in your butt? How like, are your feet cold? And it might sound a little bit crazy, but it really does work. It gets you out of your head and into your body and into your sensations. And that is where a lot, well, the pleasure lives in the brain, but a lot of the expression of your pleasure is within your body. And so once you've done that shared breath work, maybe you want to do it in yab yum. Maybe you want to put your hands over top of each other's hearts and really just connect in that way. Maybe you want to stare deeply into your partner's eyes and then dive into pleasure. And you can both know that you're on the same page. You know what the other person is thinking in this moment because you talked about it. And then you've taken the time to really co-regulate and synchronize your nervous systems and get ready to dive into pleasure together. All right, on to the next one. What brings me pleasure is feeling that my big emotions and concerns are heard and understood and that I am safe to express myself in relationship. When I am emotionally nourished, I can relax into a more natural state of joy and I'm much more open to feeling pleasure. Meditation also reminds me that deep within, I always have access to a river of peace, which has a very pleasurable flavor to it that helps me open up to noticing how beautiful life is and experiencing deeper pleasure in all the little things like sunlight reflecting off of dewdrops in the most beautiful way or a delicious meal, 
or the feel of a kiss on my cheek. Yes, yes, thank you for this. Mindfulness is actually one of the key holistic sex tools that really allows you to be present. So once again, I love that presence is coming up as something just super important. And a good thing to note here too is that it's not crazy to think that, oh my gosh, it's actually really hard. Like I try, but like, how do you be present? Practicing meditation, obviously a very, very um, useful tool for that. But also, um, if you've never heard of it before, I'd like to introduce you to a control model of the brain that basically talks about accelerators and brakes when it comes to sex. And accelerators are things that turn you on, um, like maybe the sight of your partner naked, you know, whatever does it for you. And then your brakes are all the things that take you out of sex and that like, ooh, that cools things down for you, like maybe thinking about your mother. Who knows? Um, and so these brakes and accelerators have different strengths in each people, and they are very different for every person. But one common break is stress, right? So if you're stressed about something, it's harder for you to drop into your body and be really, really present. And so dealing with those stressors as much as you can and making sure they're all kind of like laid a bit to rest before engaging in intimacy is, can be really, really helpful. Um, I can definitely get more into, and there's so much more to say on that dual control model of accelerators and brakes, but suffice to say that all these things are active basically all the time. And you, you know, some people who find it maybe really hard to get turned on is because you have a lot of breaks and like you have a really strong and sensitive break and that's completely normal, completely, completely normal. And so maybe that's something you'd like to look into. Um, if that piques your interest, you can look at the book Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Naginski. And on to the next one. What brings me the most pleasure is unwavering attention, presence, and focus on me when I am connecting deeply to somebody I truly desire. I love being able to ask for what I want and be held in a space where somebody is able to reciprocate or meet me there in a consensual way. Yes, yes, thank you so much. And celebrating all of you so far who have answered in such open and vulnerable ways, unwavering attention, focus, and once again, that piece of presence seem to be just so important. And I love that common thread that's weaving here. And also being held in a space where you feel like you can ask for what you want. And maybe this is jumping ahead a bit, but sometimes what's needed is really to give the other person space to ask because it can feel really, really vulnerable. It can be really hard to identify those desires within you. And that's something that we could all practice asking your partner what they want and really giving the space for them to answer just because they don't answer right, right away. Doesn't mean that they don't know or that they don't desire you. Sometimes it's really just because, you know, you haven't actually thought about it or Maybe they never felt like they had a choice or they've never really been asked in a way that they can actually respond. There's so many different reasons and it's so personal why that question might stump us or, you know, really make us sit back and think and have to pause. But being given that space to answer and to think about it and to bring it forward, it's so, so, so healing because it really ties back into the fact that a lot of women have been conditioned that, you know, their pleasure doesn't matter, like subtly through, through subtle messages that our pleasure doesn't matter or it's not important or it doesn't exist or it's not as strong as men's. And that's just a complete fallacy. So thank you once again for your response and on to the next one. What brings me the greatest amount of pleasure I would have to say is having built that confidence um, in the bedroom and with knowing myself um, and it's still exploring so I can know myself to the best of my ability um, allows me to have the most pleasure because that translates into um, figuring out ways that work for me to allow my own self to come with a partner and get myself there instead of uh, which was what used to happen is rely on them to get me there um, instead. 
And so the focus is, has completely shifted. Um, being able to have a confidence to get myself into the right mental energy um, that is needed in order to be able to to focus and concentrate and be able to reach orgasm during an intimate experience um, and having the confidence with that. Um, also confidence with exploring my partner and giving them a lot of pleasure is extremely pleasurable for me because if I see that they're enjoying themselves, then I enjoy myself even more being able to provide, provide that for them. Um, so I guess, yeah, just confidence overall really has come a long way in allowing all different kinds of avenues of pleasure uh, within myself. And it's something that I'm hoping to keep growing um, as the journey continues. I find that every every couple of months and every year, like I find something out that's that's new about myself through exploration and it just goes to show that there is so much more pleasure to be had and just need the right amount of conscious effort and confidence in order to be able to reach it and to explore uncharted territories so yeah i would say that confidence is definitely something that's brought me the most amount of pleasure yes yes absolutely confidence confidence comes from knowing yourself knowing who you are and knowing what you like and so some ways to develop confidence self-pleasure discover what you like and remember that the way that you masturbate is often it it really bleeds into the way you have sex your neurons are wiring in a particular way while you're giving yourself pleasure and so one way to, you know, if you're looking at your sex life with your partner and you're thinking, I kind of wish I had a different result, one way is to look and maybe evaluate the way that you self-pleasure. Another way of practicing confidence is by asking for what you want in all areas of your life, right? Practice voicing your desires, first finding it and then voicing it. And it really bleeds over. Like if you practice this in the bedroom, that really bleeds over into the rest of your life and vice versa. A third way of developing confidence is by dancing naked in front of the mirror to a banging song every morning. Oh my gosh, yeah. Build that body confidence. That is still my ultimate favorite way of building body confidence. Just one song every single morning, it takes you, you know, three to five minutes and damn, you start loving your body for all of its bumps and curves and movements and just, huh, it's beautiful. Such a beautiful practice. I also just want to briefly mention the idea of, you know, getting to a goal and I love and respect and the goal of orgasm is so beautiful. And also I want to normalize that it doesn't have to be the goal, right? And that some people find it really hard to orgasm. Some people get in their heads about feeling the need to orgasm. And part of that intention setting before having sex with your partner could also be, hey, my intention isn't to have an orgasm today, right? I, I want to take that off the table and I want to really just focus on the present. And that can really help if that is a sticky part of your sexual experience. So I just want to voice that. I want to celebrate the hell out of you for wanting to orgasm and for wanting to bring that into your sexual experience and for finding confidence that allows that to be part of it. And also really want to normalize that it doesn't always have to be there. And that is completely normal. All right, on to the next one. What brings me pleasure? Well, I'd be lying if I said sex didn't bring me pleasure, but you know, it's so much more than that. You know, I, I love the moments leading up to sex, the touches and the promise of sexual gratification. It's intoxicating. Seeing the desire in my partner's eyes just brings a whole rush of primal energy that is so hard to contain. And I love that. I love just feeling 100% in my feminine and when I'm having sex with someone and I'm seeing that desire in their eyes, it's, ah, oh, it's just hard to even put it into words. Um, but it's not just before. I love the moments after, you know, laying there in each other's arms, you know, the energy is dissipating and you're falling into this calmness, you know, it comes from, I believe for myself, a, a feeling of being cherished, knowing that there's no other place that I or my partner want to be. It's in those calm moments. It's in the moments before, you know, it's 
like I said before, it's sex is not the pinnacle of pleasure. It's part of it, but it's all encompassing and those moments. That's where the real pleasure lies. Yes, 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 yes. Celebrating you once again, all of you for your beautiful responses. And so seeing that desire in your partner's eyes, feeling their enthusiasm has come up a lot. And I wanted to mention here, that the way I'm interpreting this is an invitation to be vulnerable, to let your no partner know just how badly you want them. And it's really not about wanting sex, right? And I'm speaking for myself here, but just in case this resonates with some of you, we all want sex, right? Like being non-specific, being like just defaulting to talking about sex is really kind of a bypass, I think here. It's not just about what you desire sexually, it's about what you desire in your partner specifically. Opening up about what it is that you yearn for in them. The more vulnerable and authentic you can be about this, the sexier you will be to your partner. And it really goes a long way in creating deep, deep intimacy. So the next time you're asked about this, I really invite you to make it specific to the person standing right in front of you. It isn't about sex. There is a good chance that they are not asking about how badly you want somebody to touch you. It's about how badly you want to be touched by them the human standing right there in front of you that you wish to establish a connection with. All right, next. What brings me pleasure? So, uh, you know, again, like, I, cause I wanna, the more I thought about this, the more it took me away from sexual pleasure um, and more just took me just into pleasure in my life. Like what brings me pleasure? Who brings me pleasure? And I found that people that I feel the most pleasure with are people that I can be playful with and that want to be playful with me and tease and have fun. And, and, uh, again, it's just, I guess it's more stepping more towards that more intimate connection with somebody. But, um, I also really like it when men can read me. And again, I think this is, this is where it steps away from them making it about them and making it about me where, if I'm with someone sexually, if they can read me, if they're actually paying attention and reading my body language and reading my energy and um, even hearing my words when I say, you know, I like this or I don't like that or do this more, it takes away from me so much when if I'm saying to someone, hey, that that's a little too hard or actually I like this instead and I don't feel like they're listening and they don't really respond to what I'm saying. I find that that takes away so much from me in that moment because if they if they can't if they if they can't hear me saying hey that's that's a little too hard like I need I, I like I need you to be softer and then they keep going back to going it's it's it makes me feel like oh okay like you're not really here for me you're here for you and so that that takes away from that pleasure um, but so yeah I find that being with somebody who can read you and move with you that brings me amazing pleasure yes yes playing being playful and fun and being able to read the other person and being heard listening to the other person very very fully so first fuck yes honestly we sometimes take it all a little too seriously sex is fun let it be fun and there are obviously parts that need so much deep care and attention and a lot of development and discussion around consent and boundaries and trauma triggers and so much else but also at the same time as as many things you know two opposites exist at the same time and are both so 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 true let's also just have fun like i can get caught up in the development of things and be really focused on you know, the, the, the more serious aspects of sex and the development through it and kind of forget to just have fun sometimes. Oh man. And then once in a while, it just smacks you in the face and you go, right. Yeah. Let's have fun. Um, I was asked a couple years ago what the most attractive thing is during sex. And, and I really just had to pick one. And so I said that we could laugh and get right back to it. And okay. So here's a story, quick, uh, mid episode story break. <laughs> Um, so I had been to this alien themed party 
that night, um, the night of, that this story occurs. And um, a lot of the parties we go to have themes, classic burner style. And I had put eyeballs on my face along with the glitter and the gemstones and everything else. And one of these eyeballs had somehow ended up on my partner's penis. Um, use your imagination of how that got there. I have no idea how, really. Um, but I saw it. Again, uh, use your imagination at the moment of which I might have seen that there was an eyeball. Um, and I, you know, I just stopped everything, whatever it was we were doing. And I was just like, okay, yo, you need to see this. You need to see this eyeball on your dick right now. And we just, you know, keeled over laughing and had a good little laughter fit. And uh, then, you know, took off the eyeball and away we went. And a couple minutes later, we're breathing heavy and the mood has completely swapped back. But to me, that like fluidity of being able to laugh and then bring it straight back to, um, just a more sexy environment. Oh, it's just so important and so, so beautiful. Yeah. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that story. That was just a priceless moment that I really wanted to share. Um, so also being heard, really, really listening to someone. And if somebody speaks a desire, knowing that they wouldn't have said it if it wasn't important and just that's all they need from you is for you to listen. And lastly, reading someone. Yeah, like we are all so different. And as much as there are a lot of beautiful similarities that are coming up in these answers, we are all so, so different. And learning about your partner's specific needs, oh, that just gets everything so sexy too. Thank you so much for this response. On to the next one. So I will be answering what brings me pleasure. And in reflection, I think the first thing came up is that I'm still learning what brings me pleasure. And it seems to be this ever evolving space, which is very fun, sometimes nerve wracking as well, because a lot of the things that I think could bring me pleasure. Um, sometimes I have barriers around exploring that. Um, but what brings me pleasure? I've definitely learned a lot about myself in recent years. Um, I mean, I'm a bit of a classic, right? <laughs> Most of the girls, you know, we get pleasure from being a little bit submissive. But um, more than that, I've realized that I really, really like being watched and told what to do and how to do. Um, so that's been very, very fun to accept and kind of lean into a little bit. I feel like before it would have been a struggle to just like say that flat out um and I love the tease and the build up you know just those like small kind of micro movements and like micro micro flirtations that like ability to really I feel that connection and just get super, super turned on before like anything's even happened. Um, that definitely brings me a lot of pleasure and satisfaction. Um, and some final things to note, I really enjoy when like people like look you in the eye or look me in the eye and uh, it can be kind of intense and like obviously that needs to be like the right person but like that like intensity in connection that happens when you're like staring at someone like as you're fucking each other as you're making love um is it's pretty hot and uh i think those things that kind of just like build up that intensity um a little bit, you know, of the, like, classic, like, if it's, like, a choke or a, you know, just that, like, that domination when someone's just going to control you and do what they want as they want within boundaries. Um, that's kind of, like, I think the 101 about what I enjoy and what brings me pleasure. Um, and then I think there's a whole other, like, field of pleasure that, which is more, like, what's evolving and what I'm exploring I feel like I've always had, like, fantasies and about, like, 
people or group watching or more like group sex or being a third, being with more women. I think a lot, and I've always been wondering if it's more just me like romanticizing, fantasizing the situation and you know what's it in actuality. Um, but I think that like novelty, that novelty of something that could happen and uh, just new experiences. I think there was so much pleasure and thrill and gets everything going just in that. So, uh, yeah, those are all things that give me pleasure. And then one last thing. I think the idea of, and more of what I'm exploring, the idea of actually being like slightly untouchable, so being more in control and being able to like potentially, I don't want to say dominate a space, but yeah, like like a stripper gets to like go and like choose kind of how she interacts and set some boundaries, choose which people, which person she might give a lap dance to. I feel like there's definitely some pleasure that I can imagine finding in a situation of sorts. That was really fun to talk about and say. I don't think I've ever said all of that out loud, let alone recorded it. So uh, here's to good pleasure. Yes, fuck yes, hell yes. I am so excited for you, celebrating you so hard for saying it out loud and for claiming that. And it is so powerful to think about and write down and claim and speak it out loud to your friends or your partners. I highly encourage those of you listening to do that and to really think about these questions. I also love the detailed account of what brings you pleasure and I'm so excited for you to have this new clarity on it. And in terms of building up that pleasure, also an absolute fuck yes, it apparently takes an average, I hear, of 20 minutes for a vagina to be ready for penetration um, of, you know, sexy times. And so, you know, just saying, just saying, just playing that out there and to uh, use that time well. So definitely in terms of the um, getting excited beforehand and building that tension. I absolutely agree with novelty as well. And it is good to be aware of that desire um, so that you don't chase novelty in a way that potentially hurts those around you, right? It's good to find other ways to incorporate that need for novelty into your life and into your sex life. And finally, the ever-evolving and still-learning idea and really just that the act of discovery, being able to explore these edges, I would say it's really important to take that slowly, one by one, and to maybe even start by verbalizing these desires. That would be one way for thinking like, hey, I have all these new ideas I want to try out, but, you know, they feel very far away and I don't know what the, the middle step is. Um, and I would say go through like a whole sexy scene by verbalizing what you'd be doing, um, maybe with your partner or maybe by yourself, just like speaking it out loud or writing it down. And really like the results can be astounding and it really gets you that one step closer to being able to explore that new area and that new edge. All right, next. In terms of bringing me pleasure, what really brings me pleasure is laughter you know for me i feel like laughter is the precursor to an orgasm so i'm not typically laughing in bed or anything but laughter is this amazing way where we exude and express joy not necessarily verbally but in a way where we're exuding and expressing joy with just maybe a noise a sound but it is a physical feeling and it's a bubbling up, it's a culmination of sort of a physical ecstasy or joy. And for me, it brings me pleasure to be to be humorous, to be for someone to, you know, express um, for someone to make me laugh, make me laugh, you know, attempt to bring in some lightness, some humor, some comedy. And this this also cannot be underestimated. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, let's take a step back earlier to my story about the eyeball and the penis, right? I definitely agree here. And also, let's just take a second to imagine two eyeballs and a little hat for the dick, maybe. Oh, I hope some of you take that to heart and go take pictures. Um, so I think there really is something to be said, too, about like laughing due to ecstasy, laughing out of pure pleasure, not just because something funny or unexpected happens, like eyeballs on a penis, but 
have you ever gotten into one of those like laughter moments during sex? Because everything just seemed so wonderful and perfect in that moment. It was so aligned and you felt so connected to the person you were with that it just felt like this almost like return to your pure essence of connecting, right? It just, it hits you so deep and you just kind of start laughing because it's just, yeah, it's ecstasy. It's joy. Yeah, I really hope that you get the chance to experience that or that you have experienced that. And it is quite wonderful. So thank you, my dear, for your response. I absolutely agree. And on to the next one. What brings me pleasure personally? So I personally like teasing. And that does mean not diving straight into the main event. So some light touching, maybe even like withdrawing. And and I actually really enjoy having like my inner thighs caressed almost as if I don't know if we're going to go all the way to the finish line. I like to have a little bit of mystery and I think this is a, a very underrated skill. Um, and I'm going to say something controversial, which is that, I mean, contrary to what I just said, I also had a very recent experience where I was in a different country where there was a bit of a language barrier and I don't think consent culture is a thing, but I was all in, like he, this man, um, managed to basically get my enthusiastic consent without speaking English to me. And he read the room, you know, he, um, he started by touching my leg, but not in a creepy way. And when he leaned in to kiss me, he pulled my hair, but in an absolutely perfect way that triggered every pleasure center in my body. And I immediately wanted all of him as soon as he did that. And I loved it because the situation wasn't ideal for us to consummate our new relationship. And so there's the element of teasing again, where, I mean, he didn't know that, but I knew that. Um, and his pulling my hair had just sent every endorphin, every molecule of oxytocin was, was, uh, flooding through my body. So, but he did all of that without, you know, asking for consent by traditional standards. And so there's that feeling of being absolutely desired, which I am extremely turned on by. And I think a lot of the men that I meet in this country, being Canada, are, yeah, they're pretty timid, you know. They are, they need to follow consent culture. I do think that's important. But it's gone a bit far for my tastes. So I do think, but but along with that becomes sorry, along with that comes the need to read the room better. So you don't just want every man, you know, bulldozing his way and basically raping women. Like that's not the idea. I think what made this guy different was that he he did start slowly-ish, um, but he wasted no time in escalating once he got the green light, if that makes sense. So I really, really loved that. And it led to a very pleasurable experience the following evening when the timing was better. Oh my gosh, I want to start by celebrating you for that sexy story. I feel like you said so little and so much all at the same time. And I felt pulled in and teased just by the story itself. So woo, that sounds like such a juicy experience. Um, And you bring up something really important here that consent is super, super important but that there is a way in which that it can get in the way of intimacy when it's overdone or done in a way that like just doesn't flow. 
And okay, don't get me wrong. There can never be too much consent, but sometimes. So, okay, let me illustrate this with a story. Basically, um, I was seeing this guy and we, in our first intimate interaction, um, there was the question, is this okay? Like multiple times said as things escalated. And I really did appreciate that, right? It was like, is this okay for the kissing? And then is this okay for like, but also at the same time, okay, thinking back to this, it was like, it was already being done. And the question was asked, consent needs to happen before the thing happens, right? Like you can't like touch somebody's boob and say, Hey, is this okay? It's like, no, actually like you're already touching it. So if it wasn't okay, you're now violating boundaries. Like the consent has to happen before the thing happens. So you have to say, can I touch your boob? Right. But it was also just like the, is this okay? Is this okay? Like I, like I appreciated the kind of like follow through, but also like it was, it was more that the second time that we were intimate, the same questions came up every single time at every little step. And again, great practicing consent other than the fact that it was done like after the event had happened, but also it was done in a way like it was, it took me fully out of the situation and actually started turning me off because it was the second time round. And like, I was pretty sure I had given like nonverbal, like enthusiastic consent. And like, I was, really feeling as though like he, he wasn't really understanding me. And there was, there was that disconnect, right? It was like, like, he's not understanding that I'm here really desiring him. And so, yeah, that, that like really not reading me was actually kind of a turnoff. I also, when we talk about consent, I would like to mention the wheel of consent, which is something that will be explored later this year on the podcast, but that, you know, it can be really interesting to look at it in terms of, you know, there's so the, to go over it really quickly, there's the four corners of the wheel of consent. So first there's giving, would you like me to touch you? There's taking, may I touch you? There's receiving, will you touch me? And there's allowing, would you like to touch me? Right. And, and separating those out and kind of talking about them before can really be a good way of like separating that so that it's like, okay, we, we kind of have an idea before we go in and then we can kind of let things flow and be maybe a little more sexy. And there is a lot to be said about nonverbal communication too. And being, yeah, again, like being really tuned in and learning how to read your partner and getting more familiar. And I just love this illustration of like two people who don't even speak the same language and are still able to give enthusiastic consent. So there is ways in which you can give consent that's not verbal, but this has to be very carefully done and very like expertly done, but it's, it's possible, right? And it needs to be very intentional and needs to be thought out. But yeah, that, (laughs) that feeling of like, okay, consent was given and now like full enthusiasm is shown like, fuck yes, fuck yes. Especially as we're talking so much about enthusiasm and just feeling that desire from the other person. Regarding of what makes brings me pleasure what brings me pleasure is sensuality and energetic touch i love when the energy quote unquote is increased and then released it can be done through light touch massages uh in Intentional emotions, uh, strong emotions, pressure points, and those ones for me are even more yummy than the uh, quote-unquote normal orgasms. There's much more to sexuality than what we see in normal porn, and I wish that everyone would explore that, explore my what I call joygasms. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for this response. Energy. More tantric approach and also just like feeling being really in your body and feeling it all being in flow with your emotions too did you know you can have a shame gasm and an anger gasm and a fear gasm and yes absolutely a joy gasm you can have energy orgasms without coming and you can orgasm in so many different ways and you can have sex with someone without even touching them so much is possible and there are so many ways and avenues to explore sex I've heard that one of the best ways to drop in more and get an even better sexual experience, if that's something you're seeking, is by practicing letting your emotions flow through you. Because like often, let's say like we want pleasure, but right, what you're feeling right now 
is maybe sadness. And you're like trying to push the sadness away because you want the pleasure to come. But the trick is actually to get to the pleasure through that sadness, through whatever you're feeling, you will get to, you know, just a more open, relaxed state. And so allowing that sadness to come in, feeling what that feels like, maybe even like letting that emotion express itself and letting it flow through will actually increase your abilities during sex. And so if any of this piece piques your interest, I highly recommend uh, checking out some Tantra books or podcasts or workshops and um, even just practicing allowing those emotions to express themselves, both physically, through movement, through sounding, letting them flow through instead of holding on to them. I know I took a little bit of a tangent there, but thank you so much for bringing up energy. I celebrate you and your response. And uh, let's go to the next one. Okay, what brings me pleasure? Something I discovered recently is I love when I'm on top and the man doesn't do anything. There are times whenever you're on top and the man will thrust. Um, <laughs> still maintaining some kind of control. However, I absolutely love it when the penis owner just relinquishes all control and just allows you to have full control on top. Um, yeah, and then you can really just use them for your pleasure as you wish. And it's this total surrender from the male and relinquishing of control that is so pleasurable. It feels like I'm reversing the patriarchy, the patriarchy where it's all centered around men's pleasure, where men have to be in control of it and dominating it or just contributing even at all times, kind of maintaining some kind of autonomy and control. However, in this sense, they allow you to be the center of the pleasure. Yes, with the patriarchal belief around sex, it's like the man has to be responsible for our pleasure. So he has to ultimately do whatever it is to cause our satisfaction. It's like we can't even have ownership of our pleasure and there's this sensation whenever a man is on the bottom that he needs to contribute and he needs to be the person that causes our pleasure but whenever they don't do anything and just surrender really allows for me to take control and own that I have this power of creating my pleasure and yeah it's obviously it doesn't have to be the whole sexual interaction but having that be a part of the sexual experience just enhances it and adds so much to the interaction um and the cherry on top is when they call whenever my partner calls me goddess and responds in yes goddess and in terms of worship it is whew, just over the top because yes he sees this divine sexual being in all of her power and it is just ecstatic spiritually pleasurable that's what it is Oh my gosh, I am so excited to end on this note. And this was done in a completely random order, but thank you so much for this response. Fuck yes to taking control, to being on top, and to really centering your pleasure, and just taking control and ownership of that pleasure. I love your comment that it feels like reversing the patriarchy, and that is just the most beautiful thought that I really hope to inspire some of you to think next time you're riding a penis or riding anyone for that matter. Reversing years of oppression of women's pleasure by riding men and feeling like we're reversing the patriarchy that way. Whew. 
gives me shivers of absolute joy. And being called goddess, being worshipped. The first time that this happened to me organically, I fully cried. It wasn't even during a sexual situation, but there was definitely sexual energy in the space. I had left a relationship where my partner didn't think my pleasure was important and thought sex was too much work. And I had just met a man who called to that divine peace inside of me. It went straight, it cut straight into my core and healed a wound that I didn't even know I had. It was transformational to be worshiped for all that I am. And I will say it is important that this is truly real. I think personally that it's just so important to not throw around the word goddess and it shouldn't be said if if the person doesn't feel it because really the other person will be able to know, right? Like you'll know if somebody uses the word goddess and it's not coming from a deep, true knowing place. And finally, worship itself. Yes, 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 yes. There's so many different forms of body worship and that's definitely something we're gonna be diving into in these in-person workshops um, within the city of Vancouver. And one of them is called pussy worship. It is one of my favorites and I will tell anybody who will listen about pussy worship. Basically, it involves staring deeply. I mean, this is one way to do it. There's many different ways. And of course, we all know that we're worshiping pussy when we're sticking our tongues way down deep into her. But there's also a way of doing this in a very non-sexual way that can be really, really, really healing. And so first, you can like establish connection with the person. You could even like eye gaze with them. And then you turn your gaze down to their pussy and they have their legs wide open and you stare down into it and really look at it. Look at the folds, look at the beautiful way in which it opens and expresses itself. And then speak compliments to the pussy. Compliment the most beautiful part of it. And then you can go so far as to compliment like pussy itself in a greater way. Like compliment like as... Uh, the woman who wrote Pussy Reclamation says, the great pussy in the sky. Uh, Mama Gina, holla at you. You are amazing. And just worship pussy overall, right? Like first compliment the actual pussy in front of you. And then you can switch to like just saying how much it's given to you. Oh my gosh. I know that it may sound a little bit silly, but it is truly healing. And so we will be exploring exactly that in a workshop together. Pussy owners only, I'm afraid. Um, but it's definitely something you can bring and spread. And it is just, it's its crazy to think like what would have been so different in our lives if that was something that we were all taught to do, to worship each other for exactly what we are and who we are. And, you know, when taking your clothes off, you're celebrated instead of thinking, oh, is my body weird? You know, like how different would life be if we were taught that when we were exploring sexuality? And how different can we make the next generation's lives be if we share that? And so in conclusion, thank you to every single brave woman for submitting responses, for even thinking about submitting responses, for realizing it wasn't you to submit a response and for hearing the call and for celebrating this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all so much, my community. I love you all so dearly. You mean the world to me. And I hope this inspires you to ask about your sexual partner's pleasure and ask yourself the best question of all, which is what brings you pleasure? Answer fully, answer bravely, and tell people. And remember that we can't read each other's mind and the sexiest thing you can do is ask. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Like and follow for more. And if you want to learn so much about what true acceptance really is and how you can bring more of it into your life and how it is the greatest thing you may ever learn, you can listen to the last episode. And for next time, we will be looking at the question number two, the second part of this podcast, uh, because this will be a two-parter. What do I wish men knew about women's pleasure? Answered again by a variety of women. But really, let's reframe this. What do I wish my lover knew about my pleasure? Answered by women and feminine beings and people with pussies. 
And one last time for all of you who are living within the Vancouver area, I am so pleased to announce that starting in the winter of 2024, so that's February and March in 2024, I will be offering local workshops. Each season will have a series of four workshops. So depending on when you are listening to this episode, reach out. Let me know if you're interested in attending. It is for those wanting to deepen their pleasure, explore their sexual energy, empower their sensual selves, open up their hearts learn to better emotionally manage their emotions and making that super, super fluid and just so much else. Please reach out to me directly or you can use the contact link below or visit my website, chrishall.ca. All right, that's all. Wishing you all a radiant day. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Reclaim Your Radiance. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and came away with some valuable insights, the absolute best way you can show your support and appreciation is by sharing it with your friends or on social media. Your support is absolutely invaluable. To connect, find us on Instagram at Hell of a Hall or on TikTok at Reclaim Your Radiance. Or you can sign up for our mailing list to receive bonus content and stay in touch with what's happening in the world of Reclaim Your Radiance, including local workshops, retreats, self-love courses, personal one-on-one coaching, and so much more. Head on over to the episode notes in the show description to find those links, and we hope to hear from you soon. All right, everyone, until next time, stay radiant. Stay radiant.